Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having a fantastic Friday wherever across this great country or this great land you may be. As we get ready for college football and the NFL rolling into the weekend, want to remind you right off the top, FanDuel is now legal in the state of Tennessee and you can get a 25 to 1 payout. $5, you get back $125 if you go to FanDuel.com slash Clay right now. That's FanDuel.com slash Clay. You will get hooked up with a chance to wager $5 and turn it into $125 if Tennessee beats Arkansas. Tomorrow will be the first Saturday ever that you are able to gamble on sports in Tennessee. Go sign up now. Get hooked up and make sure that you are well on your way to making a pretty good little return 25-1 to in the Tennessee-Arkansas game if the Vols can actually win. All right, a lot to get to. It's obviously been an absolutely crazy week and I want to give you my 10 biggest takeaways from the 2020 election so far, okay? It appears that Joe Biden is going to win the election. There are a lot of uncertainties about how he managed to do that. I'm sure that there are going to be lawsuits filed uh, but that is where we are headed and so... I think there are a lot of things that are worthy of discussion about what we have learned so far. And the first thing I want to say is we absolutely positively have to do a better job of counting votes. In 2000, Florida was a disaster. It took 37 days for Al Gore to lose to George W. Bush officially in the state of Florida. 37 days. After that failure, Florida went back to the drawing board. They remade the entirety of their election system. And as a result, they ended up able to have the best and most equitable way to report results possible in this year. They got it done in a couple of hours. It was flawless. There were no issues associated with it. We've got to do that across the entire nation. We can't allow this ridiculous third world country look where we are counting votes for days and days after elections took place and where all the counting votes seem to go in one direction which is favoring one party. It's an interesting uh, concept. There is a phrase that is very common to lawyers and people who are involved in public-facing events. There is the impropriety which is when something improper happens but there's also a seek to avoid the appearance of impropriety. That is, not only can you try to avoid doing something wrong but you try to avoid even the idea that you might have done something wrong no matter who you are. When there are votes coming in days after the actual election took place and it is changing the potential outcome of who won states that is the very definition of the appearance of impropriety. Okay? That's my number one takeaway. 
My second takeaway, I don't think the Supreme Court's going to get involved. I think there are so many states involved here that there's not going to be a Bush v. Gore precedent and I think Chief Justice John Roberts who has been super political doesn't want to put his court conservative majority to work here this soon after Amy Coney Barrett, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh have all been seated. I think he's thinking decades, not months. And so I believe he's going to avoid given the fact that there are seven different states with issues at play here I think he's going to avoid trying to get involved. Libertarian voters you guys need to stare at the mirror for yourself for a very long time. Very strong argument that you in Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, and Nevada gave Joe Biden the presidency based on the way you voted in the presidential election. Now look In 2016, I voted for Gary Johnson for president. But that was only because I knew Donald Trump was going to win in my state and it was a foregone conclusion. If you vote for a third-party candidate in a state that is a battleground, you are throwing away your vote and choosing not to make a decision about who the president of the United States should be. I think that is a wasted vote. Uh, What's the legacy of Donald Trump's term in office? I wrote all this down. First of all, to me, the fact that Trump ended up with more minority vote support in 2020 than he got in 2016 is evidence of how close identity politics are to exploding in the Democrats' faces. Without COVID, Trump wins this election and the identity politics-laden Democratic Party completely collapses. I am of the opinion that cancel culture and identity politics are the two twin pillars that must be destroyed and much of what they do is hold up and prop up far left-wing ideologies on social media. Trump's legacy. Even after COVID, today the unemployment rate hit 6.9%. There also will soon be a new COVID vaccine. We saw three new Supreme Court justices, uh, safer life in the Middle East, the defeat of ISIS, more of our troops back home, no great danger from North Korea or Iran, standing up to China like never before, reduced tax rate on businesses, American companies now more competitive internationally than ever before. Greatest economy in the history of the United States prior to COVID happening to hit in an election year. People who didn't like Donald Trump said if he got elected it would be a disaster. The truth of the matter is this. Without a once in every hundred year pandemic happening to hit in the final year of his presidency Trump would have been reelected and everything would have gone fine. Everyone out there who screamed that it was going to be a disaster is wrong. The things that happened to Trump that he couldn't control uh, happened to every other European democracy as well and that's why they are having all of their big issues. What will Joe Biden do? It's a big question. What will Joe Biden do in his first two years in office? Well, look, I think we're trending towards a Democratic, uh, at best, 50-50 situation in the Senate and that's if they get two Senate seats in Georgia in this special election in January which given the way voting went in Georgia may be a foregone conclusion since everybody on the planet seemed to vote in Georgia's election. But the larger context here going forward is Biden doesn't have much of a uh, a, a tailwind at all. He's narrowly winning. He has lost seats in the House. He has lost governorships. He has not been able to take over the Senate. At best, there's going to be a tie. And as a result, even though he hasn't answered the question about court packing, I think it's off the table. Joe Biden has two years. He's already not going to rerun 
uh, because he'll be 82 at the end of his term. I hope he stays healthy for the whole term. Uh, But the chances of Joe Biden running again are virtually zero. He'll have two years to do anything. I don't think he's going to do anything. I think we're basically going to have gridlock for two years in Washington. He's mostly a figurehead. Uh, And so where do we go from here? The biggest question that Biden has to make is about shutdowns. The number one reason why I supported Donald Trump is because Joe Biden ran as a Corona bro. Joe Biden ran on the idea that we needed more shutdowns, that we needed to stop people from working, that we need to stop people from going to school. He ran as the fear candidate. He barely left his basement. Is he actually going to try to implement shutdowns? If he does, it's going to be a disaster. Because I will tell you right now, there are many people like me who will simply refuse to acquiesce if there are new shutdowns ordered. I believe the shutdown is the single worst decision made in my life by American officials. And I believe it's the worst public policy decision made since Vietnam and maybe worse. We cannot ever shut down this country again for this virus. Maybe not ever again for any reason, but certainly not for this virus. I will not comply with any shutdown. I will not stop living my life the way that I am living it right now. I'm going to a football game Sunday. I'm going, uh, we had a Halloween party last weekend. I am going to continue to live my life exactly as I see fit. We had a tailgate event at Alabama, Tennessee. And the question is, will Joe Biden stand up to the idea of lockdowns? They are the worst decision of public policy ever implemented and advocated by any political party in my life in the United States. Uh, What does Trump do? Uh, It's an interesting question. If I were advising Trump, the best way that he could move forward if he wants to run again in 2024 is by eventually focusing the remaining time of his term of office between now and January 20th, which is two full months, on the question of how do we get this, uh, how do we get distributed this vaccine? I would work full-time on COVID so that you can start the distribution of the vaccine and argue that you stood up to the pandemic and solved it, then leave to Joe Biden the challenges of distributing the vaccine to a large extent. If he did that, then in 2024, at the age of 78, if he still has a lot of vim and vitality and he wants to fight, he could decide to run again. Or he could start a media company. He's now been the President of the United States and he could live the rest of his life on that and make a ton of money by starting a media company. There is so much money out there to raise in related in relation to media companies right now, okay? So going forward, I think that could make a great deal of sense for him. I think he has to decide what to do. What happens to the Trump haters in the media? It's a really good question. Uh, a lot of people, CNN, MSNBC, a lot of their commentators made decisions that they were going to treat Donald Trump like Satan and they were going to fight against him. They were going to be a part of the resistance. They made the decision that he was the worst human being who had ever existed. What happens to their lives now if he loses this election? They really have no purpose. They have no villain. They have no reason to exist. Already news was in trouble. The number of subscribers to cable is plummeting rapidly. CNN and MSNBC got a reprieve from their death sentence based on the interest created by Donald Trump. What is going to happen to those networks now that Donald Trump isn't there? Their audience is going to collapse. Nobody cares about Joe Biden. This wasn't about Joe Biden. This election wasn't about Joe Biden for liberals. It was about beating Donald Trump. So now that they've got Joe Biden in the office, they really have nothing to focus on. There's nothing there. They beat their great Satan 
their Trump derangement syndrome is got no target. There's no reason for their existence. They're going to collapse. And I think that's a pretty significant situation to find themselves in. And so what will that situation be going forward? I don't know. I don't know how they're going to solve it. But that to me is one of the big questions as well. And then what does Trump want to do? We just talked about that. What about OutKick? Some people are like, oh my God, you're done for now. How in the world will you go on living? Fine. I voted in six presidential elections. The only twice out of those six has the person who I voted for won. And you know what I do? I get up the next day and I go to work and I keep getting better at what I do. And I keep making sure that my business is better. OutKick is going to be fine. 2020 has been an incredibly difficult year. But I'm not sure there's any media company that has more soundly cemented its relationship with the audience it has and grown its audience better than OutKick has in the year 2020. We're going to continue to grow no matter who the president is. 2024 is not far away. Given the fact that the Democrats are likely to lose seats in the Senate in 2022 and also lose the House in 2022, by 2024, there'll be 20 Republicans and 20 uh, Democrats all running for office. And I can't wait to see what's going to happen in 2024 with no incumbent. And we'll be ready. You know, you don't think about the last election. You think about the next election. And I'm excited to see who might be in the field, who might be available, what will happen as we move forward in this new media landscape. But I'm very confident that OutKick is going to be in tremendous shape there. Uh, Okay, several different things that I want to hit in addition. So those are my big takeaways from the election. You can go read that entire column if you're interested up at OutKick.com right now. The Pac-12 has canceled another football game. Utah, Arizona has now been canceled. It joins Washington and Cal. Utah canceled because they had too many COVID positive tests. This is yet another flaw associated with the idea of COVID positivity. And what we are seeing, by the way, is what I told you would happen. Starting play in November or December or January for that matter was insane. It made no sense. And so the reality was you should have started earlier in September than later in the year with Utah and Cal both having to cancel. Cal had one positive test, by the way, and had to cancel. My first thought is, why can't Washington and Arizona play? Both of those schools, unfortunately, had games canceled. Why can't they now schedule a game against each other, figure out how to play on Sunday or Monday? That's my first thought. Uh, My second thought here is, uh, what in the world's going on with the Pac-12? This conference, alongside of the Big Ten, made such fundamental, fundamentally bad decisions from leadership that they've painted themselves into the corner. The SEC is about to have their seventh week of the season. The SEC, in seven weeks, has the same number of games postponed, not canceled, postponed, as the Pac-12 does before it even plays a game. Uh, I think, if anything, we're underrating what a tremendous job the SEC has done so far. Keith Olbermann, increasingly, Keith Olbermann is insanely deranged. He has called for the arrest of Tucker Carlson for comments that he made on TV. I don't know if Keith Olbermann is aware, but this is what crazy people who are totalitarian dictators say. If somebody says something I don't like on television, they arrest them. That's what happens in Iran. That's what happens in North Korea. That's what happens in 
countries without basic First Amendment freedoms. And one of the things you have to be careful of, and I'm cognizant of this, when you disagree with someone, you have to hope and understand that in your disagreement, you don't become like them. Keith Olbermann has become like totalitarian dictators while arguing that the President of the United States is a totalitarian dictator. I actually feel bad for Keith Olbermann. When I was a kid, I used to watch him on television with Dan Patrick and think that he did a great job of SportsCenter. Now he has just totally and completely lost his mind. And I honestly mean this. I think he needs psychological help. I hope that someone close to Keith Olbermann can get him the help that he desperately needs. It doesn't appear to me that he's well. It appears to me that he's increasingly deranged and I feel bad for him. Uh, No punishment for Justin Turner for going on the field with the Dodgers and uh, I think that's the right result although it is funny that Major League Baseball puts out this uh, release on Friday amid all of the crazy news that is going on. Again, no punishment coming for Justin Turner. Finally, uh, NCAA basketball is coming soon within a couple of weeks. Uh, The conferences are beginning to release all of their schedules and I just want you to think about this. None of the Corona Bros that I have seen have remotely been opposed to college basketball being played this fall. None of them. They fought as hard as they could to keep college football from being played. Why are they not fighting against college basketball particularly because college basketball is happening in the winter inside of arenas with fans present? If they thought it wasn't safe to play football in the fall outdoors with fans present why would they not apply the same logic to basketball? There's only two possibilities and I think you guys should hold the Corona Bros and sports media's feet to the fire over this. Either one they now acknowledge that they were wrong that playing college sports was impossible and they need to apologize to everyone for trying to keep that from happening or two they are such deranged partisans that they were arguing against college football being played because they wanted to hurt the President of the United States even if it made zero sense to not play football. Only one of those two options can be valid. So far I haven't seen any of them acknowledge either of those options. I would be curious to hear from the Corona Bro community why they haven't said a word about stopping college basketball from being played given all of the situations existing there right now. Okay. I appreciate all of you. I have got to go pick up my kids at school and then I've got Fox Bet Live at 5 Eastern, 4 Central, 3 Mountain, 2 Pacific. We're going to have a lot of fun there. Again, a great offer for everybody out there. 25 to 1 if Tennessee beats Arkansas for all new users. FanDuel.com slash Clay. That's FanDuel.com slash Clay. I love all of you. My name is Clay Travis. This has been Outkick the Show. DBAP unless you need to SBAP. Kisses from me to you especially the haters. I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. I'll be live but first oh my goodness let me remind myself first also I'll use this again tomorrow I was just thinking you know what I need right now is a drink and I definitely need a Dixie Vodka drink. Raise a glass with Dixie Vodka the best vodka anywhere if you are a college football or an NFL fan. They are refusing to bow to cancel culture 
if you want a vodka that stands for what you stand for and stands for what OutKick stands for which is the marketplace of ideas the free expression of your beliefs and man occasionally a really good vodka to drink go get Dixie Vodka today raise a glass for them I'll be tipping back a lot of glasses starting tonight as I get ready for the weekend college football and the NFL thanks to OutKick's partners at Dixie Vodka raise a glass for Dixie Vodka love all of you guys I'll see you uh, tomorrow morning we'll have a college football kickoff special oh let me give you my OutKick six pack of picks as well Seattle at Buffalo the over 55 Ravens at the Colts plus three the Bears at the Titans minus six and a half I'm going to this game I can't wait Giants at Washington the under 43 Steelers at the Cowboys minus 13 and a half and the Saints plus five at the Bucks. I gave all of these picks out as I always do on the final segment of my radio show Monday. Again, one more time Seattle Buffalo the over 55 Ravens at the Colts plus three Bears Titans minus six and a half Giants at Washington under 43 Steelers minus 13 and a half at Cowboys and the Saints plus five at the Bucks. I appreciate all of you. Tip a glass back for Dixie Vodka. Raise a glass with me and have a fantastic weekend. I appreciate all of you and I hope you have fantastic weekends. I'll be here tomorrow morning to give you my college football gambling picks but one more time fanduel.com slash clay go get signed up today. This has been OutKick the show.